and welcome to Barbatos Catholic Podcast, the show where three Mexican dads talk about faith, life, and culture. We are your hosts, Gustavo, Ivan, and Walter, and today we are going to talk about how to become a man or a woman of virtue. But first, a word from our sponsor. Now is a great time to learn more about CMF Curo as a Catholic healthcare option for your family. You can join anytime throughout the year, plus you'll experience an authentic Catholic community that cares about your whole health, spirit, mind, and body. CMF Curo members share medical burdens in community, have access to a spiritual director, concierge services, health and spiritual resources, and more. Visit MyCatholicHealthcare.com to learn more about CMF Curo. That's MyCatholicHealthcare.com. I uh, sent Gustavo and Ivan a quiz uh, to see um, which temperament they are. And uh, because I just finished reading uh, Virtuous Leadership by Alexander Havard, and then I picked up From Temperament to Character, Traigo de Moda al Havard. And I was like, okay, well, I wonder if Gustavo and I are going to get the same temperament from the quiz. And lo and behold, Ivan is a witness. They do have the same temperament. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so left out. <laughs> yeah, a, that's a melancholic for you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What were you? A melancholic phlegmatic. Got it. It's very deep. Yeah, very deep. Very creative. Very. This is probably why you wanted to be a filmmaker, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. This is a, the melancholics are good for ministry. Mm-hmm. So that oh, checks yeah. out. Yeah. I'm also very introverted. So I could like That's turn it on for ministry, yeah, yeah, yeah. but then I had to like. Well, I mean, I live with you, so I know. Yeah, I would never know how that goes. have thought of that. I would get home introvert. and, how's your day? I'm going I'm going to bed. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, like a Labrador is like, okay, I just want to talk to my roommate. <laughs> Are you sure you want to play uh, Two of Us? The Last the of Us. The Last of Us. <laughs> two of Us is a song. Mm-hmm. Just the two of us. Yeah, fun fact: I played the first Last of Us, and Walter watched as I played the whole game. <laughs> it's it's a one one player, right? Yeah, it's a like one player can... game. And he would even text me when I was at work. He'd be like, "Are you gonna play tonight?" Yeah. Okay, don't start without me. <laughs> <laughs> I was just be eating my dinner, watching Ivan play. That was funny. It's like a movie, man. It was it like is. I was like, oh, Ivan, I stop. Well, they're making it into a movie, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think I think it's a series on HBO. Mm. Um. Anyways, what do you, what's the name of the Ellie is a girl, and what's that dude's name? Joel. What temperament do you think Joel is? Ooh, he has to be choleric, right? Yeah, he it's has to really be. towards action. Joel has to be choleric. I think he's choleric. Sanguine, maybe because relationships, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. choleric, sanguine, and then Ellie is probably. I don't know, man. What do you think? Melancholic, maybe. Probably, 
I like call it either sanguine or phlegmatic. She's I don't think she's choleric. Well, the thing is, like, it's like a quadrant, so you can only overlap on like. I think that phlegmatic and sanguine are the two at the bottom, and then choleric and melancholic are the two at the top. Correct. So you can be um, a mixture. To, like, you cannot be phlegmatic and choleric because they're opposites. I don't know that much um, in those studies, but we'll put a link in the show notes so you can take the, the quiz that, that we took and, and tell us what temperament you are. Wait, but what was your reaction when you found out that you, go, you both had the same? I was like, a wibble. <laughs> this makes sense. Um, but, you know, it, it it's kind of like we are similar but different in in very distinct ways. You know, mm-hmm. I think Gustavo like, has a hint more of choleric than I do. Mm-hmm. Um, You're the same, same, but different. Same, same, but different, yes. Same, same, but different. Yes, it's like, uh, you said it best when you said, like, it's like the meme of Spider-Man. They're pointing at each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also, like, uh, we are, like, getting inspiration from all over the place here, uh, because why not? And the virtual Catholic men's conference happened a while ago, and I happened to watch uh, to watch uh, Doctor Ryan Hanning uh, Ryan Hanning's talk, uh, "Becoming a Virtuous, Becoming the Virtuous Fathers Our Sons and Daughters Need," and um, he even admits during his talk that. He was influenced by Alexander Havard's uh-huh. uh, work, which I think is great because uh, Havard talks about uh, magnanimity and humility, and then the the four core uh, virtues: uh, self, um, uh, self, and self mastery. I think, mm-hmm. um, courage, prudence, and justice. Which, like, self mastery is kind of like temperance. Um, it's just a different name for, for temperance. Um, but Dr. Ann Henning is like, okay, great men are not born. They are made. And, and, and I think that like one of the main things to uh, highlight in here is that temperament is not something that um, puts you in a box and it's like, this is how you are and you cannot do anything about it, which I think is like, what I read it was like the difference between like other like personality trait quizzes, um, because it's based on uh, like the raw materials that you have, and then when you marry that idea with virtue, it's like okay, that is your natural tendency towards how you react to life, mm-hmm. and there are virtues that you can practice. To get better at the things that you are um, lacking, lacking because of your raw materials, mm-hmm. which to me is like super hopeful. And you know, when people say like, "Oh, I cannot change. This is how I am." Mm-hmm. Um, actually, it, not. Yeah, actually, you can, you can. You can. People can change, and mm-hmm. they have changed. Uh, look at Saul, Tarsus, mm-hmm. then Paul, uh, things like that. Um, and we all struggle, right? Uh, how do we struggle better? Um, and, and, and I know that I said in the introduction of the episode that this is the, how do we become men or women of virtue? But 
let's just focus a little bit on uh, masculinity, the crisis of masculinity right now, mm -hmm. mainly because, you know, we want to talk to other men. But, you know, if, if, you're, you're, if you're a woman and you're listening to this, uh, show it to someone uh, that you care for that could benefit from becoming a virtuous man, which is basically anybody mm -hmm. that you know is a, is a man. Um, so men have forgotten who they are. Um, we, we need to realize those kind of things. We need to realize that God is God and we are not. Um, it, there's a lot of distortion in the, in the world that we live in, um, a distortion of what is good, of what is true, of what is beautiful. And, and sin is a distortion of that truth. So masculinity has been distorted via sin. Um, we, we live in a, a, in a culture that, that glorifies pretty much the opposite. It's like, you can be anything you want. Mm -hmm. There's, there's no, there's this like very fussy, um, definition of things. Um, everything is fluid. Everything is flexible. You can do whatever you want. It's, sub it's subjective. It's very subjective. It's like mm -hmm. all the isms that exist in the world. Mm -hmm. And, and whether we like it or not, um, who we are as men has, has been distorted by that. It's like, uh, you know, we have eternal teenagers, that men that are eternal teenagers that don't commit, uh, that don't, don't show up. Um, and I think that the, the, the problem with this is there's, there's like a lack of rites of passage. Um, unlike women, uh, men don't have like physical cues for, for knowing there has been a transition between boyhood and, and manhood. Mm -hmm. right? This, we need other men to tell us and affirm us in, in our manhood. Um, so I, I, rem I was in the Boy Scouts in Mexico from like 94 to 98. And I think that there was like a godsend for me because um, I went from like the, the equivalent of like the Cub Scouts to like, whatever it is the next level like mm -hmm. from from like being nine ten years old or being like a preteen to a teenager um and that rite of passage to be um with other men who were volunteering and god bless them um that they volunteer their time to take us on this like camping trips and all these things that uh, they were like really wholesome and and Uh, formative right formative yeah mm -hmm. like i became really independent by by being you know resourceful and uh, and you know relying on my my other troop members to pretty much not die in the wilderness you know <laughs> and have fun in, in in between but there was like this rite of passage from like this um you are leaving boyhood and you're going into like this teenage formative years which i remember like the ceremonies and Um, you know, the, the bonfires and um, all these other things. Like my parents were present and it was like a welcoming into, you know, you are not a boy anymore. We're transitioning into uh, manhood. Um, and we need that as Catholic men because I feel like, well, and you can tell me your experience, but it's like, what do you see in parishes right now? You see women serving in most of the capacities you know, of parish life 
and and not to diminish their work it's like very valuable but um seeing more uh, persons of the men showing up to to live in the life of the parish um to to mentor other um other men or younger men um in into the identity of being like a catholic man mm -hmm. like um did you have like anyone that was like a transitional parent like when you in your walk of faith like a, a spirit spiritual director or something like that right now um not necessarily i i have a similar experience like you i wasn't in the boy scouts but i like play football mm -hmm. um and well coaches yeah coaches and 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 I was in a league where you could be there from like, I don't know, 10, 11, 12, up until before you graduated from high school. So it was like a, it was like a youth league, but I was like, they let me play because they didn't have enough players. Kind of like the Sandlot, you know? <laughs> and, and so I was always like a little taller for my age. So I kind of like blended in. Mm. But... Between that and youth group, for me, I think it was that visual transition to say, okay, I'm a kid, they are not. I am in like the little kids youth group, my brother is not. My brother is like in the um, youth youth mm -hmm, group, mm -hmm. like 15, 16, 17. That's where I want to get. And there were men and seminarians and fathers you know because we did like road trips and stuff like that and my dad volunteered and so i was i had that like view of saying okay i'm here now but then th that's where i have to get and i think it's super important to have that frame of reference and i completely agree you know that that having that mentorship is crucial because otherwise kids are being raised by youtube Yeah, you know YouTube and TikTok and whatever else is on their phones, um, without any real substance or education on the most basic principles: what is a man, what is a woman, you know. And so, yeah, I think youth group and the the football team that I that I played like two three seasons, but it was in those transitional areas of of my life. It's funny because when you said that women have that like physical, you know, that the cue, that click. Mm -hmm. um, some tribes have that for, for men in terms of saying, okay, since that can't happen to you, you're going to have to put your hand inside of this like ant hill. Yeah. And that's, that's your rite of passage. Are we going to do a lot of cuts on your back? Exactly. With this little knife. So and, and see if you don't if you don't die or whatever. <laughs> and if you don't die, then awesome, you're a man. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're not, we're not gonna go that extreme. No, no. But I think the, that like, what a day. <laughs> <laughs> that like visual representation or that visual cue, that physical cue to say, okay, maybe like the el bigote chocomilquero, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> But how old, how old were you, Ivan, when you when you knew that you could grow a beard? Oh, <coughs> sorry, just edit that out. I've I've 
I've had to cough for like a while, but I've been holding it. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry. How old was I when what? When you knew that you could grow like a full beard. I was... Dude, I started growing my mustache when I was like 14 or 15. Yeah, around the same area. Did yeah. your dad teach you how to how to shave? No. Um, no, like it just started coming out and then... Um, I don't know. I just one time I just grabbed a razor and I just shaved it off myself. Would I say that I did the same thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I mean, I would watch my dad do it, mm-hmm. but I'd never be like, "Hey, like, Dad, can you show me?" Yeah, the... same. And so I just kind of did it on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna teach yeah. my kids not to shave. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's that that TikTok. How to shave like a man? You don't. You don't. You don't <laughs> shave. That's how a man shaves. <laughs> um, yeah. So I yeah I was. Yeah, like 15 when I could start growing a, a mustache. So my, my experience was pretty funny because I had like that very faint mustache that starts coming in in your teens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I really didn't like it because it was like really pointy, like on the end. Like so on the end. No, it was, it was kind of like, it was like full enough, but it was too straight at the end. I wanted it to curve. Mm, you know what I mean? I Stuck out. It it stuck out a little too much. So I, I took the razor and I started like trying to curve it. So I took a little bit off of this side <laughs> and I took a little bit off of this side. I think but I, I know took, how that ends. I took more of this side and then, okay, I got to even that on the other side. So I ended up with a line, <laughs> a line above my like top lip. It looked like a Catrine, you know? Oh, gotcha. And I was like, ah, okay. And I just shaved it all off. I didn't know. I thought that you were going to end up with an, an, an adult. <laughs> uh, or something like that. Um, for me, how I kind of mm-hmm. like learn about like masculinity, masculinity. Um, I mean, definitely, you know, watching my dad. But there's also some. I feel like there was a phase where I just didn't want to do anything. Like I was just lazy. Either I was like playing video games or or whatever. My dad would like try to teach me something, and I was not interested. So. But now I now I see it. Now I think back. I'm like, damn, I was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, but where I learned like a lot of masculinity was watching movies. Dude, Indiana Jones is my favorite trilogy of all time. And I love how I you say call trilogy. it a tri- I call it a trilogy because the fourth one sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, but just watching Indiana Jones, I was like, man, that's like a man right there. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be like Indiana Jones. Um, Did you have a fedora? No, but I wanted to. But it. But now that I, when I think about it, it's like it's very sad to me that you know I had to be like Indiana Jones. I had to have that a was whip. your standard. That was the standard, and mm-hmm. it's so sad because even though like I had this great model in my house, with my dad, um, I didn't always try to be like him. Now I, I mean, I I try to be like that to my to my girls every day, but. Um, it's taken me a while to like learn how to be a man and I'm still learning, you know? Yeah. We're a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Um, so a, a, a small primer on virtue, um, becomes, uh, aritology, uh, which is the part of moral philosophy, which treats virtue, its nature and, the uh, means, uh, of attaining it. So, What I love about, like, when I started reading about virtue is that 
is about becoming more human. It's like the potential of the human spirit. Um, how you can become the best, the best, not the best, the best version of yourself. Um, virtuous, a habitual disposition to do good and as, aspiring to excellence. Um, and, and we already mentioned the, the four uh, human virtues would be prudence, justice, self-mastery, and, and courage, which all of them makes, uh, make up uh, character. And um, it, Hubbard adds uh, humility and magnanimity as the essence of leadership. Um, so uh, prudence helps you um, to, uh, to make better decisions, um, to be prudent. Uh, justice is to give give each their due, um, so you're just men or women. Uh, self mastery is uh, a, a lot of con controlling our passions, doing the right thing, and courage is uh, to to do the right thing, to stay the course. Um, those those are the virtues that um, can help us grow um, as a human, uh, as a person. Um, and, and the good news about this is that the more that you practice virtue, um, the more you will grow in them. So it, it, like when you're learning how to play an instrument or, or how to be a, a better athlete in, in a sport, repetition is, is key. Um, so you know how if, if, if you have ever been in, in a situation where you pray to have more patience. Or you you pray the liturgy of humility because you have this desire to to be more patient, to be more humble, and then things happen that you're like, what? Out of those four words, prudence, justice, self mastery, and courage, what's the word that sticks out to you the most? Self mastery. Mm. Why? Because I it, I've always struggled with like um, food. That's like my go-to. Um, like I, I'm an emotional eater, so I think that mastering those passions, a lot of the the, the things that I had to work through in my um, in my life or my growth as a person has been dealing with putting passions at, at bay, you know. And that that idea of like having control over your passions, like I control my impulses basically not being a beast, you know? Mm -hmm. um, that's why, like, I'm a big proponent of Cell Master, even though I know that I will never reach perfection until, you know, I'm in heaven. Um, but we can start here. And, and, and you know, like, there's, there's, like, two schools of thought of that, right? Like, the world is going to tell you, if it, if it feels good, go for it. Mm -hmm. And in in the Christian way, we're gonna have this struggle. It says like, no, the more that we put the brakes on the passions, the freer that we're gonna be. So that's why self mastery for me is like key. I yeah, think. the truer you are to yourself, it's you're you're becoming more of what God intended you to be. Mm -hmm. And that's that's what when you said the sin is a distortion of truth, you're being untruthful to yourself. What you are meant to be according to God's plan. You're a man and you're sinning, then you're distorting the version of what God wants you to be, essentially. Um, for me, I think it would have to be, yeah, the same self-mastery. Um, prudence would be another one. 
You guys are twins. Yeah. <laughs> For you? For me, it's courage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, courage has always played a big part in my life. Um, one of the reasons why The Hobbit just really resonated with me is because I always tell people, like, the yeah, it's a book, of it's an adventure, but it's all about courage. You know? You have in the character. face of danger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this character who's just completely, com- com- complacent in this in his life of comfort and everything and then he has to leave and do something outside of himself for a big cause for like something that's that's worth a lot um it had to take a lot of courage and there's this one quote in in the book that has always stuck with me like i want i I eventually want to get a tattoo of this quote on me is it sam no it's actually not sam it's actually um it's not a quote from that somebody says it's just Um, in the book it says so before they're in the mount in the mountain already and before bilbo goes and talks to smog the Mm -hmm. dragon Mm -hmm. um, there's a point where he stops and he says he says going on from there was the bravest thing he ever did the tremendous things that happened afterward were whereas nothing compared to it he fought the real battle in the tunnel alone before he ever saw the vast danger that lay in wait so like he had a it took so much courage for him to be like, I'm about to go into this room with this big ass dragon. Like, just think about that. Like, put yourself just in the shoes. First like, step. Yeah, it's like, ooh, ooh. And like, he had, he had to go in there. That, like, that took a lot of courage. So that's always resonated with me because I've never been one for courage. Like, I've always, you know, I've always been very complacent. And it takes a lot for me to like rise up and, man, I need to do this, or I just need to, like, grow. <laughs> I don't want to say it like that. I need to grow a parent. Exactly. I need to grow a parent and just like, do it, you know? So courage. Like, when you were saying those, I'm like, I just saw the word courage, and I'm like, man, that just that's me mm-hmm. in a nutshell. Oh, that's funny that you say that, because I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But, um, like, okay, you're listening to this. You're like, okay, that sounds great, Walter, whatever. Where do I start? And and I think that a good place would be like self knowledge. Um, that that will sound like a little bit egocentric, but in reality, is like knowing yourself. It's not necessarily about the ego. Is it's knowing yourself in humility um, to know where you're at um, and know that. That God is God and you are not. So approach it from that, from that perspective. Um, if you know your temperament and you know which virtues you need to work on, which I found it very useful. So, for example, I'm a phlegmatic sanguine, so I struggle with magnanimity and endurance. Basically, dreaming big and turning that dream into a vision, and then a mission, and then executing. So after the mission is set, um, endurance to complete the job. So for example, our little monastery, I started the blog, I set it up, I was writing for like a number of weeks, and then I stopped because we started Barbatus. Um, so that that like following through, um, it's like, it's a sanguine in me that is like, oh, shiny, and I get distracted and I do something new. <laughs> squirrel. Squirrel. Um so going through the four um, temperaments, 
So cholerics are intense, and they are action-oriented, they are prone to pride and anger, so they are challenged by humility. Um, an example of this is Joan of Arc. Joan of Arc is uh, Saint Joan of Arc. Um, she was a cleric, but she had humility, and she was able to achieve all of these these great things. She was very towards action, um, and, and and she had to uh, do all these things, and at the end, you know, die for her faith. Um, then we have melancholics, which going back to Ivan's point uh, about courage, melancholics are deep. They are idea oriented. Um, they are prone to self-absorption and fear of action. So they are challenged by audacity. So out of um, uh, thinking uh, things over, and, and, and I thought it was really funny that Hamard puts Moses as an example, uh, especially now that if you have done Exodus 90 or you've read uh, the book of Exodus, Moses is, uh, he pretty much has gone away from Egypt, right? He's living in Midian, and that's where he marries uh, Sephora. And, and God is like, no, you need to go back to Egypt and and free your people. And he's like, well, why me? Like, you can choose anyone else. Like, go do it, you know? Um, grow up there and <laughs> get up and do it. Um, then we have sanguines who are spontaneous. And they are people-oriented. Um, they are prone to superficiality and inconstancy and easily distracted by something new, so are challenged by endurance. Um, we covered an example of that. Have you had that, Gustavo? With, With what, I'm sorry? Starting something new. Oh, yeah. Like when, when you're doing like woodworking so projects. So many projects. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, my fence is not finished. <laughs> the bookshelf, I still need to do a couple of touch-ups. So yes, there's definitely a lot of that in me. That is true. Um, the phlegmatics are restrained. They are peace-oriented. Um, they are content with the status quo, security, and routine. Prone to passivity, so they are challenged by magnanimity. So this is um, um, one of the things that I know that I struggle with is like, don't don't rock the boat. Keep things mm -hmm. as they are. You know, if if this is something, I, I have to have all of this information before I make a decision. Um, you know, and 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 you want to keep the peace. You want to have everybody like, why can't we be friends? You know, yeah. um, you, you like my <laughs> that was good. Thank you, like thank that. you, thank you. So um, magnanimity is like this, this thinking of like bigger things, like, you know, Chicharito saying, I could imaginar las cosas chingonas, mm -hmm. you know? Um, that like battling against uh, small-mindedness, um, that is like, I think that culturally, as Mexicans, we struggle with that, mm -hmm. of thinking big, you know? I don't know if you guys would agree with me, but, you know, like, sometimes I would be like, well, I don't know if I can make it. Like, I didn't, I never thought in my wildest dreams that I was going to end up living in the U.S., right? Mm -hmm. I was like, well, I'm going to go check it out. I'll I'll probably work a project there for like a year and, and then go back to Mexico. But then, you know, God had other plans and just being open to those. 
big, big thinking ideas. And now I'm like talking to the end. I was like, like, ha let's have dream sessions, you mm -hmm. know, like what would be like our, the best possible thing that we could accomplish as a family. Um, so letting yourself think about all of these big things that you could accomplish. Um, but, but the thing is, uh, invite God into, into those things. Uh, those ask him, I want to do all of these great things. What do you, what do you want me to do? And the biggest thing that you can, the more magnanimous goal that you could have is becoming a saint. Oh yeah. Right. That's it. So well, I, I have, a. I'm sorry. I have a, a good anecdote and we'll post it on the show notes. It's um, from an article called a Catholic's guide to the four temperaments. Which one are you? And they just describe because it's a little much to take in, you know, the phlegmatic, the sanguine is like, we're yeah. throwing a lot of like things out, out there. So if people haven't really read up on the temperaments or this is their first time hearing about virtue as a talk, um, a, a good way to um, have a more concrete example of what the t four temperaments are is with a, with an analogy. So oh, that was a fun consider one. four people who see a star fall to earth. The sanguine talks about it animatedly to all present. The choleric <laughs> wants to form an expedition to find it and analyze it. The melancholic ponders what it means and how he feels about it. And the phlegmatic waits for others to decide what to do as whatever decision they make is fine with him. <laughs> so in a nutshell, that'll give you a good um, view of those four temperaments. And this is a really good article. Um, Because then it gets into like saints and what temperaments each of those are. So you can kind of like, I think it self-knowledge is, is so important. Like you mentioned, Walter, because you got to know your shortcomings and humility. Go listen to our episode on humility. Mm -hmm. um, humility is, a, is the base of that, to making sure that you are truthful to where you know you need to improve. Um, so this article is is. Also, pretty rich. The thing mm -hmm. with, with humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's like mm -hmm. knowing your own talents, uh, or or actually, it's it's a good thing to know your own talents. But um, not acknowledging your talents is actually being ungrateful to God because everything that you have as a person, your talents, your 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 um, uh, your good things, your bad things, everything comes from God. So in, in, it's part of that humility to, to have exercised that this is what I am, uh, this is who I am, and, and, and this is where I'm in, 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 in relationship with God, uh, my creator, and, and, and the things that I have been given, what I'm working with pretty much. So if we know our inclinations and, and what virtue we need to practice, in order to counter them, then we have a blueprint to grow as a human. And, and I don't know about you, but um, I really get uh, pumped about this piece of news. Uh, and uh, maybe not if you're a melancholic, you're probably pondering why it is. Sorry, I haven't. <laughs> um, but no, we love you, but seriously. Audacity. Uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, that's my spiel. Like, 
Ivan, do you, do you, do you want to add something uh, before we wrap it up? From a melancholic point of view, like for the melancholics out there. <laughs> for all the melancholics out there. Dude, we're just very chill. We really are. You're very um, chill, yeah. I don't know. I've always been, and the best way that I can put it is, if I'm having, not even an argument, but like a, if I'm having like a, either an argument with my wife or just like a deep conversation conversation with my wife, she'll tell me something and I'm just like looking at her. I'm like looking away and I'm just like not saying anything. And she's like waiting for me. Like, <clears throat> are you going to say anything? I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like, I'm processing. Exactly. Exactly. It. Like I, it takes me a while. Like when we're talking about something, like I process everything. Like I think of it, like you, <laughs> when you get that example of, no, what does it mean? Mm-hmm. That's exactly how I am. So, man, we're just, we're very, I don't know, we're just very deep people, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's good, though. It's good to, you know, it's good to have that as a virtue of, of we look at every possible thing. Like I, and, you know, sometimes I make a decision, like, on the fly like that. But sometimes I have, like, you know, the, the whole expression, like, I need to take it to the Lord. That's exactly how it is. <laughs> I need to take it to the Lord. I let me pray see. through that. Yeah. It's like, I need to, I need, let me ask the Lord. Like, let me, let me see. That's very true when it comes to a, a melancholic. Nice. So I think the, the, the key here, I think you, the, the beauty of this is that you can apply it to uh, all of your relationships that, that, that you may encounter, like your spouse, your kids, um, people that you work with. You could start seeing the traits of, of temperaments and then, It, it it might help you, um, you know, the way that I see it, like right, right now I'm in a position of leadership at work. It's like for me, it is how I can serve the other better. Um, servant leadership, baby. Servant leadership. Mm-hmm. Yeah, amen to that. And, and, you know, you start seeing it with your kids, right? Like as soon as, you know, my oldest is five and I can already tell like he's a very tender hearted uh, boy. So it's probably going to be a little bit of a melancholic because he feels very intensely. Mm-hmm. Um, so n- knowing those kind of things, like, you can adapt to other people to, uh, you know, love them better, you know, and grow with them. And, and give them what they need um, in order to, to flourish. Well, especially if they're like, you know, humans that you are responsible for. <laughs> exactly. Um, anyways. I think the closing card from Dr. Hanning's talk was really powerful to me that, that men just need to step up. We need to fill a huge gap You know, whether it's with our families, whether it's in the culture, and, or all of them, and all of the above. Uh, so his call to arms was like, step up. Yeah. You gotta find out, educate yourself, grow in your faith, um, and really pass that on. Um, so virtue is, it's a, it, you gotta work it. 
You know, you got to work it and it's a muscle that needs exercising. Like you said, it practice makes perfect. Um, prudence is the mother of all virtues. Um, so, cause it kind of like regulates the other virtues. Um, so I thought that was a good tidbit that I got because I had like Dr. Ran, uh, Dr. Hanning, mm-hmm. uh, during TLI. Oh, really? And, yeah, Tepeyac leadership. Um, I mean, he was in Phoenix for the longest time until he went yeah, he, to Tennessee. Yeah, he's living the life up there, too. Like, right? the homestead and just growing he everything. A, he has a bunch of farmhands. Amazing. Yeah, amazing. He said, this is just like, that's what I'm going to do. Shout out to Dr. Ryan Henning. Yeah. By his book. Yeah. The, the Willpower Advantage. Willpower Advantage. We'll put a link to it. It's pretty good. Um, awesome. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Barbatos Catholic Podcast, the show where three Mexican dads talk about faith, life, and culture. If you like the show, please consider subscribing to the podcast, sharing it on social media, leaving a rate and review on Apple Podcasts, and recommending it to your friends and family. And if you didn't like it, well, just keep it to yourself and let others make their own mistakes. You can follow us on Instagram at Barbatus Catholic Podcast. Send us an email at hello at barbatuscatholicpodcast.com. On the web, we are at www.barbatuscatholicpodcast.com, where you'll find the show notes for this episode and more. And grow in virtue. And bless Lana's Casey. Pray, Pray for us. us. Until the next time.